Everybody, welcome to the Financial Momentum Podcast Q&A edition. everybody. Welcome to the Financial Momentum Podcast. This is the Q&A edition uh, where I take questions and try to answer them the best I can. Usually about real estate, that's what I'm most qualified to answer questions about. And uh, so today I've got two real estate questions to answer. If you have questions that you want to ask, you can email those questions directly to me at paul at financialmomentum.co. And I'll be happy to answer those questions uh, if I can. I'm not going to say I can answer 100% of your questions, but uh, if I don't have an answer, I'll sure look one up for you. First question, this person said that they had, uh, uh, they gave me a list of things that they had done. They're looking at a property. Of course, they've got the price, uh, a lot of the, the demographics and they've calculated the cap rate and the net operating income and the cash on cash return and uh, got their cost of financing uh, or at least an estimate of it and uh, they think they know what their what their net operating income is going to be however the question is have I missed anything and from what I just told you, yes, absolutely you're missing something. So what are they missing? This is something that hardly gets mentioned, and it is so important. It's almost the most important thing about buying a property, and at least if it's an occupied property, uh, if there are tenants involved, and that is the leases. If there's a tenant in this property or multiple tenants, you have got to get a copy of that lease and examine that lease in detail. That lease is the foundation of your rental income. When the lease ends, the income goes away. You don't have any more income. And I'll give you a good example. I'm looking at a building right now. It's a small office building. It's about 5,000 square feet. And, uh, there are multiple leases on that. You know, it's a multi-tenant property. There are multiple leases uh, in that building. And I got the copies of all the leases. And what I learned is two have expired. Three are about to expire by the end of this year. So that's more than 50% of the leases. Now, that could be okay, and it could be really bad. But if I hadn't bothered to ask for them and to look them over, then I wouldn't know that, and I would be going into this a little bit blind. And it could have turned into a disaster. But I do know that all of these leases in question, the tenants have been there for years, and, and I don't think they have any plans to move, but that's going to be my next thing that I check on is to talk to them and find out 
what they plan to do. Are you going to renew the lease? Because without those leases, the building's not worth as much to me. So that's very important. Now imagine if you had a single tenant building. Say you had a, uh, you know, one of the type of properties I'm used to dealing with are industrial properties. It's a, a single tenant office warehouse type building, um, maybe 5,000 square feet, maybe 7,500 feet. Say you're looking at buying this building and you get to looking at the lease and you have to find out how much of that lease is left because that could uh, that could determine a little bit of the value of that property, a lot of the value of that property, actually. If you had a five-year lease, but they've only got one year left on it, that's not as attractive to me as if it had four years left on it, naturally. Um, those are the things you want to look at. And you also want to look at rent bumps. Are there any rent increases? Sometimes they're written into the lease for annual increases. Sometimes... Uh, at the time of lease renewal, and you want to see if there are any rent increases because that will affect the income on the property, of course, and it'll affect your return on investment and could have a lot to do with, with your financings. Lenders want to look at those leases too, by the way. Uh, if you have a, a property you're going to buy, the lender's going to want to look at that lease and see if there's anything in there that they find a little bit sketchy and make sure that you have a solid lease and they they will put quite a lot of weight on the lease. If you only have a year left on the lease and you're buying a million dollar property or a half million dollar property, chances are they're going to they're going to start asking questions about that. They're going to want to know why. They want to know if you can maybe get them to go ahead and sign a new lease or um, you know, how long that company's been there and how long they've been in business. And that is another thing your lender is going to want to look at the, and you should want to look at it too, the tenant's financials. Their financial statements are very important. Now, you always want to look into the hidden things like leases and tenant financials. Uh, those are the things that can surprise you down the road. You don't want any surprises. Surprises are not good in real estate unless they're good surprises. We don't want bad surprises. Uh, so take a look at the leases. The leases are valuable financially. They are sometimes a hidden value. You can have a hidden value if the lease has, say, 2% rent increases annually and you're buying this on a cap rate of uh, maybe it's 9% now, but in three years it's going to be 10% because they've increased their rent. So always check the leases. Always check for the expiration dates on the leases. Check for the renewal options. Check, uh, make sure uh, you know what type of lease it is. If it's a triple net lease or something less than a triple net lease, you're going to want to know what it is. And uh, that's probably a good episode right there on types of leases. There are many different types of leases, and you need to know those when you're going into real estate investing in commercial real estate. Uh, not too many types of leases in residential that I know of, but in commercial, we have many different types of leases and they are important, extremely important. Now, the other question is something that 
I hear all the time from investors, new investors. I asked the same question myself when I started investing in real estate, uh, in commercial real estate, and uh, it's actually why I ended up getting my license. And the question is, should I get a real estate license? A lot of beginning real estate investors want to know that. Should I get a real estate license? I had a, a real estate investing coach and mentor, and I asked him that same question. And his answer was, you know, when I go to a closing on a property, it's really nice when I can walk away with a commission check for thirty or forty thousand dollars without having to invest a penny of my own money. Uh, that was his answer, and you know that that really impressed me at the time. I thought, well, you know, that's something I need to look at, and I did, and I got my real estate license. I'm glad I did. That was 14 years ago. And I've been doing that ever since. Uh, but things have changed since then. And I have learned some things. So I have enjoyed being an agent and a broker. You might just want to get it just because you might enjoy it. I enjoy the deals. I enjoy making the deal. And I can't always make deals for me. So I make deals for other people. And, uh, it's, it's like I get to spend other people's money, but not really, but you know, I still have that same, you get that same rush from, from the deal that you would, if it was your own deal, maybe not quite as intense, but you do get it. So the, uh, things that have changed today, it's very, it's interesting. I'm of the opinion that probably in 10 years, there won't be a need for real estate agents. I really, I, I hate that, but I, Technology is changing enough, and recently with uh, these ridiculous lawsuits that have been uh, brought to court against NAR, National Association of Realtors, and some of the big brokerages, and these are all residential, it's all geared toward residential deals and residential real estate, these lawsuits were. I just think that in the next five to 10 years, the need for agents is going to decline to the point that we won't need them anymore. Um, I, I hate to see that happen, but, um, you know, it's already, uh, the need for it has already decreased quite a bit because it used to be that an agent would do all the research and find the properties for the buyer and at least on the buyer side of this and present those to the buyer. And well, now the buyer is doing the research. They're finding the, the properties and saying, Hey, I want to go look at this one. I want to look at this one. All these things are online now. And, and probably in the near future, there might not even be a need for a title company. Blockchain technology is progressing into that area. And I think that sooner or later we might not need title companies anymore. That's probably pretty far down the road, but it is a possibility. You know, the reason I became an agent was insider knowledge. There's a lot of inside knowledge at being an agent or a broker. You have access to not necessarily the the properties that are for sale, because nowadays everybody can get that. But you have access to people. You have a network that 
non-agents don't have. And, uh, you know, over the years, I've built up a network of other agents and of investors and lenders and everybody associated with real estate title company, uh, people at title companies that know me. Uh, These things are very valuable. Real estate's a relationship business, and it doesn't matter if you're an agent, a broker, a seller, a buyer, a lender. It's a relationship business, and having that license back then was a great thing. I don't know that it is today, but uh, there are also some uh, rule changes that have happened that have made it to where as an agent slash investor, uh, there, there, there are some changes that have come up. I know in, in, uh, Texas and with, uh, residential real estate, if you're buying a, if an agent's buying a property, I think there's a, there's a requirement that you do a, a, a comparative market analysis and give that to the seller. And, uh, if you're an agent and you're going to buy something, uh, you know, I think that's kind of a, when that came out, I thought it was kind of silly because isn't that kind of up to the, if there's an agent involved on the selling side, wouldn't that kind of be up to them to have already done that? Uh, And that's how they set the price. So, you know, we don't talk about that much. You don't hear much about it, but those little things are out there uh, like that. And you have to be careful as an agent or broker. I mean, agents, probably should not get involved in wholesaling. I don't believe they should. Uh, Wholesaling is uh, where you put a property under contract and then you turn around and you sell the contract to somebody else and mark it up a little bit. You know, you, you assign the contract to another buyer and they, you, you charge a fee over and above what you've got it under contract for. So you might make a few thousand dollars by selling the contract Real estate agents, I just don't think that's in their best interest to do that. Uh, I, I'm surprised it's even legal for us to do it. It may not be. I don't know unless they've changed that since the last time I went through all the legal update courses that are required by for us. And uh, so that's one avenue of, of real estate investing that's, you know, Pretty much not, not uh, a good idea for agents to get into. Everything else is just fine, but you know that's one thing I I would not do any wholesaling as a, as a broker. Um, I think that's asking for some legal troubles. So those two questions: check your leases; they are important, very important. They're the foundation of your rental income. Without those leases. You don't have anything. And should you get a real estate license? Yeah, it's personal preference right now. If I had it to do all over, if if I uh, was starting today as an investor and did not have a license, I would not get a real estate license. But at the time in my life that I started investing, it was probably the best thing that I could do. So that's the best way to, to answer that question. Depends on the time of your life that you're in. Uh, depends on your goals as an investor and whether or not you actually want to use your license 
as a real estate agent or if you just want it to access information. If you're just doing it to access information, it's no longer necessary. So that's about it for this episode. I will be back again next week with more questions to answer. If you have any, email me at paul at financialmomentum.co and I'll see if I can get your question answered either on the podcast or in an email. And I will see you next time on the Financial Momentum Podcast. 